0: Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 232 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren.
1: Hi guys.
0: How are you today, Lauren?
1: I'm okay. How are you?
0: Great. It's it's so great to have the show today because it's the calm before the storm. Mm. We will be moving house the day after this airs. And right now, our house is in complete disarray.
1: Yeah, it's kind of stressing me out a bit. I'm one of those people I have to work in an area that I like and uh, not like in this area right now.
0: You currently have a ironing board sitting next to you.
1: I have an ironing board friend. <laughs> His name is Larry and um, he's he's very wooden. He just, he just doesn't move very much.
0: It's also this amazing thing where we got down a load of toys that the girls haven't used for maybe a year or two, mm-hmm. typically designed for like six month olds. And they have been all over them.
1: Yep. The walker has been a particular hit. And the Jumperoo they like to sit in, but they can't actually use because their butts don't fit anymore.
0: Yeah, but it's great toy. Best toy ever.
1: Yeah, I when I bought it back when... Uh, so I bought a Jumperoo because I needed it. I needed it somewhere to put Lizzie. And um, if you don't know what a Jumperoo is, it's basically like a trampoline for people who can't walk and um it it was fantastic i thought lizzie hated it every time i put it in her in there after like three minutes she'd just sob but now she's happy
0: she just sits in it
1: i'm so pissed off at my life yeah you know
0: so yeah i mean it's, it's a topical uh thing for this episode not least because we're moving but with all the stuff going on about Final Fantasy 16 recently, we thought, you know what? Let's take a break. Mm. Let's not talk about 16. There is some stuff that's happened since the last episode, but nothing major. And uh so today we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy 1. Ooh. Taking that out of the the loft, the attic, and um yeah, remem- reminding ourselves about what the game was like because um we played through recently. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting experience.
1: Yeah very much so
0: before we get on to talking too much about that classic again though we're now going to do some shout outs for our patreon supporters and we're going to kick things off with barry norton at Nortron zero
1: Thurin bullen at massacre 23
0: faez Bilal. lewis james zach Doranto.
1: rachel Casterton at urbayan ray
0: zelda clone at apes type novels
1: darren matthews at doomster 73
0: joseph robertson at pokemon trainer j ryzen alex and rachel troutman at akira namejin
1: Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson.
0: Miles Ribbons.
1: Chris Pope at Doctor Pop 181
0: Freya Stella.
1: Flip Searedness.
0: Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes22. Yan Potato. Noah Latrell. Mitch Elliott. Sam Ennis.
1: Tim Michael Verne at Phoenix02SA.
0: Joshua Johnson at The Cancer Bus.
1: Lauren Luscombe.
0: Chris Willis.
1: And Marco Lulu.
0: Thank you so much, guys. guys. Okay, yeah, so... We played through Final Fantasy 1 recently, Mm -hmm. and it's part of a big, whole big quest we're doing to try and play through every single major game in the franchise. And it was all Lauren's idea. So I'm going to let her talk about the idea, why we're doing it, and how it's been going so far.
1: So I mean, like, I just thought, you know, um, I mean, there's a lot of people that we're finding now sort of doing the same, a similar type of challenge, um, which is nice. Uh, But I just thought, like, you know, we haven't played through some of these games in years, so why not, like, just revisit everything? Because, like, you just find that your memory of certain aspects of Final Fantasy games really fades over time. Like, I mean, playing through Final Fantasy VII Remake, there was so much stuff that I forgot that I, I couldn't make out in my brain. Like, was this actually in the original or was it in... Is it new to the remake? And then I would do a video on Final Fantasy VII and realize, oh, wait, holy crap, this is in the original. And I just didn't, I didn't remember it at all. I mean, it's, it, I, I think it's just because it's, it's a huge series and there's a lot of stuff that sort of
0: happens. And I think compared to other series as well, because of the, the main MO of Final Fantasy, where every single game is new. So many cast members to remember, so many different gameplay mechanics, so many different staff members. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot to remember because, like, no, I mean, there are common threads that go throughout the franchise. But I mean, Chris and I are doing a bit of a project at the moment looking at jobs. I think there's so far about 150 different jobs that are featured within the franchise through its different guises. Some of those are derivatives of others with slight twists, some of them are completely unique and random. But like, that, and that's just one aspect. Like yeah. you've got so many different elements in these games that are different every single time. Yeah. And trying to remember all that is, is hard.
1: But it's also really cool because like, I've never played them in order in this way before. Like I've never sort of gone through all of them chronologically. Um, so... Doing that, it's really interesting to compare and contrast the differences between like the first three, especially right now um it's gonna be interest- more interesting as we go on and like sort of make the big leap. I wonder what's gonna be like the big leap from six to seven because that is like the biggest one, but yeah, I mean, hopefully we can play through all of them again. We're kind of like taking breaks here and there we do like we did a bit of hades um we did a bit of uh crystal chronicles uh we finished which was nice um but it has been really fascinating revisiting uh like final fantasy one through three especially
0: yeah and i mean if you're listening to this and you you haven't been checking out the playthroughs but you're interested then our twitch is lozadar which is Mm l-o-z-z-a-d-a-r um we chose to go with that name instead of final fantasy union because we didn't want to necessarily restrict ourselves to playing only final fantasy games yeah and we felt as though um if there if we did go down that route there would be an expectation like we were looking up there's a there's a really popular um twitch channel called the Outer heaven and all they do is play metal gear and it's all they ever play and they you know it's just that's what they do and we felt that if we did have it as Final Fantasy Union, we wouldn't really be able to do anything else. We'd be able yeah. to explore other things, play other RPG franchises, or anything else. We could just keep would be bombarded
1: with that annoying joke of, "Oh, it's a Final Fantasy channel, but you guys are playing this game. How silly!" And it's just, yeah, like you think that it's only a few people who do that joke, but there there are many people on this planet who who would do that joke to us and and be so cruel yeah and rude um but yeah no and um i mean on that as well lazadar i mean i came up with it because <laughs> i just really like trogdar from i am um, star runner and like reptar and i was just like i think it would be fun to be like a sort of like dinosaur but then I also realized that Laza, so I knew from before Laza is a nickname for Lauren over here, like Laws Luz Laza. And um but Dar is kind of a shortened version of Daryl. So it even added that nice little handy dandy thing in there where it's Laza Dar. And I love it.
0: Although we have since moved away from the dinosaur thing. Bar- never really used that.
1: No but i'm using it now uh but yeah so um definitely check us out yeah, we're, uh, stream- we're on final fantasy 3 at we the moment we are playing
0: final fantasy 3 at the moment just started yeah uh we stream on tuesdays thursdays and saturdays although mm-hmm. if you're listening to this right now we will be taking a small break because we will have no internet capacity yes. in our new house <laughs> until next week yeah But yeah, so the way we're doing it is that we're going to take it in turns to go through the main series games. Uh, So I played through Final Fantasy 1 a couple of months ago, and it was a game that I'm not overly familiar with. I think, Mm. you know, for me, I came into the franchise with Final Fantasy 7. At that time, access to the games prior to 7 was almost impossible as a European. They never released any of those games. Uh, 7 was the first one that got released in Europe, so... It was hard, and, and when they started releasing the, the games a bit later on, so some of the games got released on the PlayStation, I've got Final Fantasy Six on the PlayStation, and I think there was Anthology as well, but that yeah. had different games in it to the the North American one. But it it made it hard to kind of go back in that regard because I didn't really know what... what I, I, I didn't have the roots in the franchise that maybe people in North America do because they had Final Fantasy I and then Four and Six um like i didn't have any exposure to any of those games i didn't really know that the 2d games to me were this kind of alien foreign concept i'd never played a 2d rpg before in my life so my first exposure to final fantasy one was uh, dawn of souls which i got on the game boy advance and i i didn't intend on picking that up i mean the, the reason i got game boy advance was actually to play tactics advance mm. because i had such a good time playing that university on my friend's game boy advance and i was like i want to play this by myself don't have to keep borrowing his console yeah and um uh, so yeah i got that and then i just thought well you know dawn of souls is on there i might as well check it out but the game out of, it came with one and one and two remade versions but i never played one i always played two i don't know why <laughs> i i think i i checked out one and i just didn't it didn't gel with me for whatever reason and I mm-hmm. didn't really feel any pressure to play one like I I was part of the community but like no one was saying like oh you haven't played Final Fantasy 1 what kind of fan are you so I just kind of enjoyed 2 which is I know a really weird thing to say because 2 is probably the most loathed game in the franchise <laughs> out of the main series ones at least because um there are some others that are also not overly highly regarded but um all the bravest but um, so Dawn of Souls, I played two primarily, um, never really got that far in one at all. And the first I got in one was actually uh, the Portal app, which mm. released a couple of years ago, because when it released, they had Final Fantasy 1 free as a download. And so I got pretty far uh, when I was playing that. And um, I think I must have beaten Kraken, um, definitely a bit of Lich Kraken. I didn't get as far as Tiamat. Um, but then they, they changed the app. So when I first started playing, you could play wherever you wanted, whether you had internet connection or not, but then they updated it. So you could only play when you had internet connection. And at the time, my data allowance per month was like 500 megabytes. <laughs> and my, the only time I was going to play was on the train and the connection, uh, um, into London from where we live is constantly going in and out all the time. So you don't really get any consistency lots of tunnels and stuff so it just was not working for me to have that restriction on there for two reasons so it was really nice to actually have the opportunity to play it Mm -hmm. in this way and i I do feel as though it's a slight cop-out because we played the uh psp 20th anniversary edition which is like by far the best version of the game and there's a lot of uh quality of life updates they've made to the experience compared to the original NES version mm-hmm. I feel as though if I was playing the NES version it would have been a really big shock
1: yeah I mean that's the thing like even though we were we had it accessible in the states um like I I came into the series around sort of the same time as you except I was one game on so I was Final Fantasy 8 when I came into the series and um you know, you think about, like, Final Fantasy 1, I was already on the PlayStation. Where the hell was I going to get a NES? Like, this was a time before internet, a time when I didn't have very much money. I basically just had my allowance and was buying games that were used in game stores, because that's all I could afford. So, like, why the hell would I buy a NES plus Final Fantasy 1 wherever I could actually find it, which I probably couldn't at all. Yeah, it came out,
0: like, The year after you were born, no game
1: stores were selling NES games anymore or like Super Nintendo games, and I wasn't really going to charity shops or pawn stores. So, like, the accessibility was just an issue back then. Like, nowadays, you could probably realistically do that just fine. I mean, you could play an emulation, but you could probably even find a NES somewhere and be able to play Final Fantasy 1 if you found it on eBay um so yeah like it was just a matter of of money and accessibility for me that i couldn't play it um so i managed to get my hands on uh game boy advance and i played the game boy advance version of final fantasy one um well later and um
0: that was my version wasn't it yeah it was your yeah. version <laughs> yeah you make it seem like some kind of mystery here it's like no you just you, you use my version
1: Shush, Daryl's. Shush.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> I've ruined <laughs> the can, illusion. I
1: need to have the illusion. No, but yeah, so I i played that. I played Daryl's version of Five One, I will confess.
0: But you did the opposite. Yeah, because like you had the option of playing one and two as well, yeah. and you went straight for one. And I just, I always found yeah. it really strange that I went for two. I don't know you why. You just
1: are a hipster, heart. I am heart. so hipster. Yeah. You're so hipster. But yeah, um and like, yeah, I mean, playing it now after everything that's happened. I mean, it is a weird experience because it's such a um, basic form of what Final Fantasy is now. Like, I mean, it's not even, you can't even hold a candle to like what Final Fantasy is now because everything is different. There's not even the turn-based elephant necessarily. Like, it's, um, there's no story really. It's really random, the places that you have to go to. There were things that were bigged up um like matoya, matoya's you cave love the matoya i know well it is the thing isn't it it's like you know you think about like matoya being such a big part of final fantasy one but her arc is basically over in like a one quest and it's it's just a couple done. of minutes yeah if that. yeah i mean
0: you could probably do the whole thing in about 30 seconds and she's
1: just like you smell and then you have to run away <laughs> and it's it and you're just kind of like okay that's cool it's um, like this
0: whole thing where yeah like i mean we, we joked a lot about the, the narrative when we were going through, but mm. it is it is so loose, like very, very, very basic, very limited. And um, like the the motivations of the characters are that they're not there. But I mean, it's the thing, like this was one of the first of its kind when it came mm. out. And obviously it's easy to sit here now and, and kind of criticize its, um, I guess the the lack of finesse yeah. with, the, with the narrative. Yeah. But I think, you know, there are, what I liked about it was that even though you didn't really have an idea about where you were supposed to go, you can figure it out. Like if, you, if you're playing with a guide or not, like it's, the world is not huge. You can mm-hmm. figure things out and it's a, like, it's a bit of a trial and error game, but there were obviously lots of foundational themes with it because it's where they came up with the crystals. They came, they used the four fiends. They had chaos in there as kind of like the big bad. And I think the... They also had that kind of weird melding of technology, because I mean, like you know, when you you go into like the sky, there's robots, like you time travel, like they just threw all these ideas in the blender, and were like, yeah. all right, this uh, this makes sense.
1: Well, it's interesting, really, because like there's such a um, there's such an inspiration from D and D in um, in Final, Fa- Final Fantasy. Um, like, so much of the jobs and lore and stuff was originally from D&D. So it's like, it's interesting that there isn't that much of a story, but then maybe that's the thing. Maybe what they intended was a very bare-bones experience where you created your own story to sort of say, because you, like, that was one of the interesting things about Final Fantasy One is that you could probably you could basically go wherever you wanted, really. Like, there were some restrictions as far as linearity, but, like, there were certain missions that you didn't have to do right away. You could have done it in a completely different yeah, order. Yeah, and I
0: think that that um, element you've just highlighted there is definitely one of the things they wanted to highlight because, mm-hmm. you know, Sakaguchi, when he came up with the idea of having that job system, they didn't have named protagonists. The whole idea was that you put yourself in the game in the different role combinations that you wanted and essentially yeah it's it's your story you can go wherever you want you can do whatever you want to a degree Mm -hmm. and no two playthroughs really are going to be the same unless you want them to be so like you know if you play through final fantasy one it's going to be different to me playing through final fantasy one because the way i set my party up is probably going to be very different to you i'm going to use different character names i'm probably not going to go to the same locations as you do in in the same way that you do i'm you got random elements to the game as well in terms of like the the enemies you're going to face the moves they're going to do so a lot of the experience they they did was kind of based around that whole DD element where it's like a campaign essentially and they they provided the signposts to get you from kind of point a to point b to point c um but it didn't really have to be that thought out mm. and I think one of the things uh, that was quite interesting, I don't know if anyone's watched the Netflix documentary High Scores. They they did a, in the RPG uh, episode, there was a very loose touch on Final Fantasy uh, and they chose to focus on uh, Amano, the artist, instead of anyone else that worked on Final Fantasy. And they did it because they they felt that his work enabled people to visualize... Mm-hmm. what the what the adventure could be in their mind like because they knew that the the sprites and the enemies you're facing like they're not the most scary things they're not very they're like there's no like, there's not that much fidelity to them but they had um amino like provide all of these like high like high art high like really really high art uh, of all of the enemies like the the box covers like All of these different elements to the game so that people could visualize, oh, uh, yeah, I've got this like little 8-bit sprite dragon I'm facing, but this is what it actually looks like in the minds of the creators. This is the journey you're going on. And that was so typical of that era. I mean, I remember when I was like five or six, there was uh, a game called Hero Quest. Hero Quest or Heroes Quest. Mm. And it was like all these kind of, they were like, I guess, basic versions of Dungeons and Dragons Mm. where everything was kind of a board game you know like the dark souls uh board game yeah where it's like um it's kind of random setup it kind of gets made as you go along yeah those kind of experiences and it was all about this this lore and how you can enhance the experience yourself with your imagination Mm -hmm. and i feel so yeah like when they were envisioning final fantasy one that was very much part of what they wanted to try and achieve with it yeah and yeah like with matoya they tell you next to nothing about the character. You know you've got to go and get the eye, mm. and give it to Matoya, and then he's uh, she, he, whatever they are, <laughs> they're going to give you uh, the things so that you can then go and help the the elf prince. Yeah, and like it doesn't really matter that much, but there would have been people that really tried their best to build out the backstory of Matoya, mm-hmm. like how. How did it happen? Like, why Why did that person have it? Why
1: is her eye not around her? Why are there dancing brooms in her area?
0: Exactly. <laughs> like, there was so much about her and I, that you you don't know, but you have the opportunity to explore yourself if mm. you want to.
1: Which they kind of, like, expanded on it with Final Fantasy XIV because they have a whole Matoya's cave, I think, um, uh, raid, don't they? Or a, um, a quest, I think, they have with Matoya's cave um but yeah no I think I think that's the thing like when playing through Final Fantasy 1 you have to have that sort of knowledge of what the intention was as far as the game went and you know like when you go from that to Final Fantasy 2 you can see that they probably were some criticisms because of it because Final Fantasy 2 is so different to Final Fantasy 1 in the sense that Every character has a name. There are characters who die. There are characters who um like come back or leave the party and stuff like it's like complete opposite, yeah. End. They really
0: wanted to try and build out an actual coherent story,
1: yeah, and then you know people criticize that, so in Final Fantasy Three, they were just like, okay. They didn't want that. <laughs> they didn't want a set story. So why don't we just get rid of the characters again? We'll just make it really basic again and play it like Final Fantasy one.
0: But so better. it's um, but better. but better,
1: but better, and like yeah. So it's it's really fascinating to see the evolution of story in Final Fantasy through the eyes of like fun- the first three games. They, um, are, they
0: are very telling and because they are even though there's similarities between the three games they are very different as well at the mm-hmm. same time and it's quite interesting that obviously like each of them had the stories conceived by sakaguchi but uh each of them the actual story was written by someone else i don't think many people already know that because mm-hmm. sakaguchi is kind of positioned out there as this kind of visionary but ultimately like yeah he didn't write the stories for any of those games it was yeah. a guy called kenji uh terada who was a an author yeah they they hired some guy to actually make it somewhat coherent (laughs) and and obviously as he went through as well and he was trying to build out the experiences you can see the advancement between the three games in terms of the actual stories and how they integrated characters and and motivations and stuff and i mean we'll talk about final fantasy 2 not this episode but in the future but the there were definite holes in that game yeah the the pacing was not the best so
1: weird yeah but
0: I think it's it's one of those difficulties with the with this type of games I mean like the dungeons try things out the dungeons in Final Fantasy One were intense, yeah, they were intense, and like I know I was playing the um the the anniversary edition, so there were some additional dungeons placed in there to make <laughs> it a bit more intense, but there
1: were ones where you were just like, Why the hell did I go in here? yeah Why? I mean,
0: like some of them I didn't know if I was gonna make it out, Yeah, <laughs> and like you know i. Getting out was a real, really like it's that whole sense of achievement because, yeah. like, I did grind a bit. Um, to be at the start of the streams, I grind just so that it wasn't too, too difficult and taxing. But you know, you never really know how you're going to get through. I mean, like, the party setup I had was was warrior, red mage, monk, and white mage pretty basic setup. But you know, there were times when I probably could have really done with a black mage, yeah, to do some nuking. Um, you know, uh, the monk David was a bit of a glass cannon sometimes just uh oh he's dead again Um, (laughs) gone i tried my best to keep everyone alive at all times
1: yeah but sometimes there's only so much that you can do exactly um but no i like i like the job aspect of final fantasy one because like even though the game is what it is there's a lot of people who've there's a lot of ways that you can play Final Fantasy 1 to make it more challenging because um, there's a lot of uh, things where you play with only black mages or you play with only one one character alive and it's like a black mage, warrior, white mage, like whatever, and that's how you have to play the game.
0: And people
2: and can do it. they're pretty
1: freaking hard. Like, they're pretty freaking intense. Um and like there's no safe challenges and like i think from that perspective because it's so bare bones it's it's a great game to replay if you're really into it you know
0: yeah and i think now um there's lots of people that are playing different mods on the game as well to yeah. to challenge themselves even more And i think that's the great thing about these older games that you can you can kind of remix them mm-hmm. yourself yeah like the like someone doing a solo white mage challenge like if you were playing the game, like typically white mages are healers, they're not damage dealers. But someone has been able to beat the game. Well, <laughs> firstly, with, with just a party of white mages, yeah. And then I feel as though I may be uh, incorrect, but I, I think someone has beaten the game with just one white mage. Mm. And I was struggling with the party of four, yeah, and damage dealers in there. Like the, yeah. the fight against chaos at the end was not overly pleasant. As I know, they did make him slightly harder in the in the PSP version, but wasn't overly pleasant mm-hmm. there was a moment where i was thinking am i actually going to be able to do this um and i did thankfully <laughs> i busted. it yeah busted. it um but I, I feel as though yeah i mean like, we played the anniversary edition it was a really really lovely rendition the graphics on it were just so smooth and i really like how they they kind of it was cartoony but also not cartoony at the same time Mm. like they it was very faithful and i really appreciated how they kind of took that old nez uh graphical style and ported it into a a 2d style that really works Mm -hmm. and i'm really glad that they haven't tried to do a 3d remake of it so far in like the ds style because i just don't really think it works that well
1: yeah like i mean we've said it a bunch on the stream but i think it's just it just doesn't age well that style like there's a real appreciation for 2d sort of 8-bit style um especially nowadays or 16-bit style especially nowadays with this sort of resurgence of retro type games um i think there's there's always a place for pixel art because like, you know, people are really, people who do pixel art now are just, they're really talented. Like, some of the stuff that they can achieve through, um, such a limited means is really impressive. Um, so, you know, yeah, like, I think the only way that they could go is maybe if they, for whatever reason, felt the need to do, do a sort of like street, streets of rage five remake type of thing where it's like drawn like that's the only place where i think would be like logical that they could go like could you imagine like final fantasy one but with imano um imano drawn characters and animated really well like that would be that'd be pretty sick but yeah,
0: i mean like the streets of rage uh the new streets of rage was was really great in terms of visual style
1: that's the only way that i think that that's the only evolution that i think could work for for that i mean obviously that would be a lot of work (laughs) but that's the only style that i think which um would suit
0: i think it's a shame though because like i mean if we're talking about streets of rage it's a it's a good example in some regards because you know that game sold so many copies i think it was like two million copies Mm. and you know it's a 2d action game no one would really expect that to do well theoretically and You know, Sega kind of—I mean, Sega weren't really involved with the with Streets of Rage. Um, they licensed the IP out, but like Sonic Mania as well was another one. Like those those classic experiences done using modern technology in the old school way. uh, It's proven that they will work. Mm. Squared don't really want to try that at the moment. They they kind of decide, oh yeah, we're going to try and make the old school RPGs with Tokyo RPG Factory, but it wasn't. It wasn't old school. It was like they were old school in the execution in some regards, but not others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they haven't really tried it. I mean, it, the quality of the stuff they put out, like their iOS versions of 5 and 6, they're just not good mm-hmm. in the way they look. And they just keep doing these weird things with all their... Like the eight remaster is a bit dubious. Yeah,
1: it's just the thing. They just well, the eight remaster. Honestly, I can't really understand how they messed that up. Other than they just they just didn't do well. <laughs> but like you know, I think sometimes Square Enix's eyes are what would you say bigger than yeah they're bigger than what they can do. Like it's just. I feel like they have big ideas about they they want it to look they want it to look impressive. They want it to always look like in next stage level like graphics and stuff and they think that's what we need. But like I feel like what we need from Square Enix is just a definitive statement of this is our style. This is what you're going to get. And I think like that's the biggest issue with Square Enix is the fact that they haven't they haven't agreed on their brand um, of how their games should look like too many of the games look different. Like why does kingdom hearts look like I, I know that's a bit of a stretch, but like, you know, it's a similar team. So why does kingdom hearts look so different from every final fantasy game and vice versa? Because like when you think about when you think about, I know we always come back to it, but it's because it's the closest comparison is Atlas games atlas games regardless of what console regardless of like what kind of game it is they always have the same style they yeah. always it's the
0: same team though isn't it
1: yeah and they always look the same like you know you could go from Catherine to trauma team to persona and they all have that sort of um because i can't think of a better way to put it but they have that sort of almost gothic-y anime intense style that you just know and that is how you should feel about final fantasy games but then i also wonder if a part of the issue is the fact that nobody's nobody's copied a mono there's been no evolution of a mono because like you know you think with the original Final Fantasy games, it was all about Amano style. Amano did all of the character art and stuff, and, you know, that was always what what was associated. But then when they up sort of tried to upgrade and they made it all Nomura, now everything is Namora style. But it's like, but what about those fans who associated Amano's style with, with Final Fantasy? Like, I mean, it's great that he still does the... It's great that he still does the logos, I guess, but, like, it almost feels like a cop-out not having... And a mono esque piece of artwork for each of the characters when playing a Final Fantasy game.
0: Yeah. But I mean like going back to the whole thing about like, yeah, you know, Sonic, Sonic Mania is a very, very uh literal tribute to Sonic Three. It's like yeah. basically the next evolution. It could have come out on the Mega Drive. Yeah. But that people loved it. Streets of mm-hmm. Rage 4 as well. It's a natural evolution of kind of what happened on the Mega Drive. People yeah. loved it. They just used modern technology. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Square Enix doing something similar. I mean, yeah. Octopath Traveler was kind of like 2.5D yeah. graphics. But like, let's say that they took Final Fantasy VI's visual style and just wrapped it up mm. to like modern, modern standard that style. People would buy that. They might mm-hmm. not sell 10 million copies, but they would sell like one or two. Yeah, for
1: sure. I think that they should just define what define what is the level that they can achieve, and then just try to be the best at that level. I and mean, keep shooting for the moon.
0: Hopefully, now that they've got their their divisions of four divisions, you should start to see that happen. And obviously, sixteen has a very similar aesthetic mm-hmm. to fourteen.
1: I think Bravely has done really well with it. Like the Bravely games, obviously, there's only really going to be two or so of them, but like they've done well to like to keep the style coherent like you know it's a bravely game because the all the characters look like bravely characters
0: yeah i mean it's uh Yoshida again he does uh 14 16 yeah
1: yeah i think that probably is the way to just sort of stick with him as the sort of style thing but yeah it's just yeah um i know that's a huge
0: bit... segue huge segue
1: but you know we got on the topic of remakes, so we
0: did. Um so yeah, going back to Final Fantasy One, like it was it was fun to play through it. Yeah. And uh, It was it
1: was more fun to play play through it, especially on on stream, because everybody got to take part and we had a bit of a sort of um game book club along with it people think, playing alongside us i think us, also one like of the Adam. fun things
0: about those old games as well is that we can do the voice acting yeah and just like, do silly character voices for everything and everybody just ham it loves my and
1: my moogle we but can of have course discussions. he wasn't in he wasn't in Final we can
0: one. have discussions about the uh the direction of the narrative and and why things may not have made sense mm-hmm yeah but yeah i mean like i know that there's lots of people out there who are listening that probably have not played final fantasy one if you have the chance to play the um like the psp version i would definitely check it out i know that the i think the the iphone or the portal app version is very similar to that but obviously Mm -hmm. you've got those like kind of like the touch commands which aren't that great in comparison to using a physical medium um so if you do have a psp then rock it out, try mm-hmm. and hunt down the 20th anniversary edition. Um, but I think that, you know, the PSP version is definitely the most fun version you can play because it does have the improved graphics, it's got the better sound, um, it's got the extra content as well with the dungeons, and it has lots of the quality of life additions, mm-hmm. such as if you tell your characters to attack and the enemy that they were supposed to be attacking is dead, they will still do something instead mm-hmm. of just nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It's a nice addition. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so at the moment we're playing through Final Fantasy 3. Just started it. I'm playing through that because the idea is we're going to play odd even. A yeah. Bit. So Lauren will play through Final Fantasy 4.
1: Although Daryl's just informed me that I'm playing through Final Fantasy 13 because we're not playing through Final Fantasy 11.
0: I think it would be hard to <sighs> do 11.
1: I know. But it's going to upset the thing. It's going to upset the the back and forth. Unless I should just play through Final Fantasy 10 and 12. <gasps>
0: Well, I could do 12 instead of 11.
1: Mm, but then I have to pay
0: 13. No, 10.2 uh, instead of instead of 11, sorry. It's true.
1: It's true. You could There's do... lots
0: of options here. There's so many games many. in the franchise. I'm planning many to options. do Mystic Quest at some point as well.
1: <laughs> oh, that game. Yeah, that'd be great. Because, you know,
0: Mystic Quest is... I've actually never played it. I think I played it for about 10 minutes and was like, this is nothing like a Final Fantasy game. Mm. What is this? <laughs> what is this thing? <laughs> But yeah, so um, it's going to be a fun journey. We reckon it's going to take us about three years, four years maybe to get through up to Final Fantasy XV. Yeah. In which case we'll have Final Fantasy XVI on the end at that point probably and hopefully part two of the seven remake. It's going to keep us occupied until then though.
1: Mm. Well, we'll have fun
0: we will have and there'll be fun. other
1: things that come out in the process as well that we'll like sort of check out as well
0: exactly i know there's some um, some indie rpgs as well that are mm. really nice like and of shaded.
1: i i'm kind of set in my ways that i'm playing freaking demon souls when it comes out like i just i have to if I we can get to. a
0: playstation 5
1: uh we'll get a playstation 5 we'll get a playstation 5 somehow
0: somehow but yeah thanks uh so much for listening to the show guys um the next episode is going to come out on the 27th of october we should hopefully be all moved settled have internet and there should be no problems recording but we may have to uh have some kind of temporary situation set up (laughs) who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks but hopefully we'll be speaking to you then and We may have some Final Fantasy 16 news to talk about because Yoshida said they're going to be launching a teaser website at some point in the next four weeks. And that was set at the end of September. So there may be some new stuff. We may have a main character name. Who knows? Mm. Because at the moment, the only character we know is Joshua. 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 But yeah, until then, obviously, be sure to check out all the previous episodes if you're interested at finalfantasyunion.com. And if you enjoy what we do with the podcast, then please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKH Union. For now, though, it's time to say goodbye.
1: Goodbye.
0: And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFancyUnion.com production.